Welcome to Sports, Screens, and Something Else. Join two friends as they give their unfiltered opinions on the world of sports, the entertainment industry, and a little bit of something else. And now, your hosts, Will Dickerson and Trevor Pace. Trevor. Yeah. I did something that I thought I'd never do. I completely... There's so many things that went through my mind. <laughs> oh, well, I, you I know me. There's a lot of stuff I would do. I, I really had to hold back on that one. <laughs> I officially deleted my existence on Twitter completely. Good for you. I, I did that uh, months ago. Uh, well, you're a better person no, than me. No, that sounded like... <laughs> Congratulations for joining something or doing something I did forever ago. No, it was just like, yes, I came to that same realization that I'm better off without it. Not just Twitter, but I also deleted my Facebook. Yeah, so, I mean, I've known it's a crap show for a long time. But um, I think I've, I've held off on abandoning it because if my sports team had something important happen i wanted to know right away mm-hmm. or if uh, some important world news happened i wanted to know right away mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's why i kept it mm-hmm. but i've been seeing like more and more just really inappropriate degeneracy content sure. showing up sure like I'll, I'll tap on somebody's comment to see what other people have said and just half of it is gross stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's been happening more and more. And maybe that says something about my algorithm. I have no idea. But finally, I was like, all right, I'm done. No. Like, it's not worth sure. digging through 50 pounds of dog doo-doo just to find a couple of good comments. You know what I mean? Right. And uh, so I've gotten used to actually going to websites. To find information. Crazy. <laughs> no, I I can relate to that wholeheartedly. That was the reason why I got onto Twitter. The, the actual reason was to be notified if BYU got into the Big 12. Oh, yeah. And, and this was back in 2010 when it was, were they going to be invited? Like, when they actually went to Independence. Right. Utah went to the Pac-12. There was talk rumors about BYU to the Big 12 back then, and and also political. Like I was, you know, I was interested in uh, the uh, 2012 political races and, and things like that. I wanted to know what was going on. Right, it's, my life is so much better having oh, been yeah. out of it. And really, does how much of it was improved? We would watch football games, BYU football games. You and I. We're watching the game, but we're also on Twitter, refreshing, refreshing to Constantly, see yeah. what what the news on the sidelines were. Well, was and if or, we were like ten seconds behind, if oh, the stream that, was ten that, seconds behind, that, does he make the kick? Yes, does he make the yes, kick? Yes, yes. Uh, that happened frequently. Yes. So, I, what I have found this should have been my something else topic uh, instead of my opener, but what I have found is that really the only thing that Twitter had been doing for me was alleviating a sense of FOMO. Mm-hmm. Because that's the only thing mm-hmm. that I'm actually missing about it. Mm-hmm. Is I'm mm-hmm. like, 
what if something happened? Yeah. What if something yeah. happened? And I and I don't know. Mm-hmm. What if I'm 30 minutes behind everybody? Right. Right? That's the only thing that I'm missing. Mm-hmm. And then you think about that, and you're like, oh my gosh, the whole thing was just FOMO. Yeah. That's it. 100%. Same with Facebook. Yeah, right? all of it. All what? of social media yes. is just FOMO. Oh, FOMO. And people are checking it constantly, because mm-hmm. what if something happens? What if something happens? Or, yeah, I, I don't want to miss that post that my friend put, like... Who reacted to this thing? What did they say? Or people are like, oh, I I just have Facebook to keep in touch with everyone. No, you don't. That's not why you, that's actually not why you have Facebook. (laughs) Facebook is so you can keep, so you can compare yourself to other people. Anyway. Well, speaking of stupid things on the internet, Trevor. My life is immediately better by deleting all of social media. Yeah. And it turns out by the time the news gets to me, a lot of the uh, nonsense has been filtered out already. Mm Mm-hmm. And I get a little more facts with my horror story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, speaking of stupid things on the internet, yeah. today is World Emoji Day. Yay. Hooray! Hooray. Uh, I hate emojis like, personally. Do you use emojis? No. Really? I use GIFs and GIFs only. Okay. I I'm have, not an emoji guy. I am guilty of using <gasps> the occasional emoji. Uh, my mother uses emojis. Okay. And I don't like it. We've already talked that I don't use like shorthand like LOL. Lol. <laughs> LOL. Lol. Yeah, I don't. I'm. I won't do that. <laughs> okay, so uh, it today is a is World Emoji Day. Why? Because the original calendar emoji on the iPhone was the date July, uh, whatever, July seventeenth. Okay. So seven seventeen was the original date on the calendar emoji. Okay. So that's why it is that day. Okay. Uh, the guy that created it, uh, his name is Jeremy Burge, and he's also the founder of Emojipedia. And he, okay. in that website, keeps track of all emojis and their definitions. I did not know about this, but that might be helpful. There you go. Sometimes you get an emoji and you're like, I don't know what that is. Well, and... <laughs> Sometimes, like there's the ones that everybody uses, like the hundred uh, sure. percent one, sure, and the sure, sure, sure. thumbs up and high fives and the praises and whatever. But if you look at the emoji section of your phone, there's yeah. like a bajillion of these guys. Of course, right? Uh, and yeah. some of the emotion ones, the clown face one, I like. Right. Some of the emo- <laughs> some of the emotion face ones are uh, they're vague. You're right. like, I'm, I'm not quite sure what that emotion is. So somebody sends it to you, and you're like, is that good or bad? I can't quite tell. Bo Burnham does a good stand-up routine about that. Uh, he's trying to date somebody, yeah. and he gets these uh, really vague emojis. He's like, what am I supposed – what does that mean? That's yes. really funny. 100%. Uh, okay, stuff we got wrong. Mm-hmm. You ready, Trevor? Mm-hmm. This is funny. Uh, Mark, listener Mark – wrote in, Mm -hmm. and he said, did you realize you accidentally played the opening bumper of your show at the end of your show? Was that the last, uh, on last one? When we got really messed up when we were trying to import all the clips, because we separated into two different segments. Sure. Yeah. So, uh, So the ending of our show had the beginning of our show again. Dang it, that was my fault. (laughs) I, I told you, Mark. I said it wasn't me. So <laughs> what's funny is I know I had it in there right at one time. Yeah. And and 
when we we had to so a little bit of background we obviously we recorded Steve's section separately a week earlier right and bringing that in was a lot trickier and I had to move some tracks around oh, did a you? lot and I, I ended up having I ended up taking out the drop when we originally inserted yeah and we had and to, I, you had to filter out all of Steve's like f-bombs and stuff you know, I remember I, he was going off like a sailor <laughs> like a trucker. And uh, and we said, Steve, this is a family show. <laughs> and um, he's like, I don't care. This is a bleep bleep family show. Uh, <laughs> so here's what's going to happen. Huh? I can go back in and I can edit it right now and change <gasps> and it, fix it, and and no one will it, ever know. Well, uh, outside of this, uh, outside of this segment, it'll be a little Easter egg for so, people that listen to this. Segment. Like I, I listened to it originally when it was wrong. It was like the download like it now, a, people. Like, yes, like, like, a, <laughs> like a coin that was misprinted. It's like or when Han Solo shot first, mm-hmm. you can't find that copy anymore. Yes, uh, I was actually talking to my brother about this, and he's like, "Oh, you can you can go back and edit previous episodes." Heck, yes, I can, and have, and will. <laughs> I need to save face. Yes. Uh, so anyway, that's something we got wrong last week. All right. But you did a great job. You or the what? unpaid intern that you have did a great say, job. <laughs> you know what? I'm doing this sometimes <laughs> at <laughs> 6 o'clock in the morning of a Monday morning of when I'm supposed to post it. And like, you know, we are the you mo- basically you're <laughs> just getting what you're getting. We're the most amateur of amateurs. The only thing about this. It takes this- a long, you know, it's funny. Like, I think we record this. Uh, we record on a Wednesday. Yeah. I think, oh, I have plenty of time to get this done. And then Sunday night comes around. I'm always like, oh, oh crap. crap. Yep. I forgot to do this. So <laughs> then I'm up till midnight. And then I'm like, you know, I'll just finish it in the morning. Right. There's a, I could spend hours editing our podcast and all of, taking out all of the ums and the uh, 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 it, that we do in a, in a podcast. Right. I'd spend hours doing it. And well, there's ain't many, nobody got time for that, right? There's that's a reason what, that's why people hire <laughs> people, pay people yes, to do it. Yes, right? exactly. Dan Patrick, we just watched a clip of Dan Patrick. He said, "I've only got twelve people on my show," and I'm like, "What the heck?" Because mm-hmm. there's only five people in that room. First of all, that's way too many people. Because mm-hmm. Dan Patrick is talking the entire time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what are those other four guys even doing there? But then, what are the other seven people doing there? Like. <laughs> There's so <laughs> you need much. seven people doing sound? Yes. Man. There's so much going on. Anyway, we are professionals. Yeah. Uh, and I hope everybody Who, who wrote that? that? Who wrote that? Uh, Mark. Well, I have a thousand apologies, Mark, for <laughs> screwing up the drops. Speaking of Mark, mm-hmm. he also wrote into the show about our Back to the Future episode. Okay. So he said he loved it. And he said another attention to detail that you need to look for in Back to the Future um, is in... Uh, 1985, before he goes back in time, mm-hmm. uh, the mall there is called Twin Pines Mall. But when Marty is escaping from that barn, he runs over one of the pine trees. And so when he goes back to the future, that mall is now Lone Pine Mall. I did not know that. I didn't see it either. But I, I was like, that's cool. I was not aware of that fact. So there you go. A little fun bit of information from Mark. Yeah, the, the continuity in those movies is really good. It's excellent, yeah. Yeah, turn, never mind. We'll save it for later. But 
Yeah. So without further ado, Trevor, mm -hmm. let's get this thing on the road and talk about sports. Sports. <laughs> All right, Trevor. Hmm. So we've talked about this before. The NBA is doing an in-season tournament, okay, to go along with the, obviously, the NBA finals at the end of the year. So in November, they've been talking about this for a while, mm -hmm. doing an in-season tournament. Both of you thought that this would be dumb, right? Mm -hmm. And how do you motivate the players to do it? Sure. Well, they're doing it anyway, Trevor. It yeah. is official. So this year, the inaugural in-season tournament will tip off. So they'll start Friday, November 3rd, and the championships will be Saturday, December 9th. So it's going to be a month-long event, mm -hmm. okay? Uh, there are. This is going to consist of two stages, group play and knockout rounds. So this is how it's going to operate, okay? Mm-hmm. So all 30 teams have been randomly drawn into groups of five with their conference based on win-loss records from last season. Why they picked last season mm -hmm. instead of, like, this season, I have no idea. But it's all based on records last year. So they're going to be uh, put into these groups, okay? Okay. Then they will play the group round, obviously. So they're going to have, beginning November 3rd and through November 28th, each team will play four designated group play games on tournament nights. One game against each opponent in their group. Uh, so there's four games total for each team, with two games at home and two games on the road. So okay. that's the beginning of it. So that first month is this group play. Okay. okay. Uh, then comes the knockout rounds. So eight teams will advance to knockout rounds. The team with the best standing in group play uh, in each of the six groups, and then two wild cards, okay? Advance into this group of eight to play, okay? The knockout rounds will be single elimination games in the quarterfinals on December 4th and December 5th. And then December 9th will be the official uh, championship game right mm -hmm. so uh the qualifying teams will compete for a prize pool and the new in-season tournament trophy the nba cup Woohoo! amazing right very exciting sorry if anybody can hear people working downstairs <laughs> I, I don't know if people that are listening can hear it hopefully <laughs> All I can hear. Hopefully, I can filter so, some of that out. But you, anyway, real quick, you at you your your basement is getting finished, right? And so you have workers right now. The the house is otherwise empty, empty. other than your dog, who we could also pick up the uh, could right. hear breathing a, a second ago. And uh -huh. now all all I can hear is workers downstairs <laughs> going to town. Anyway, <clears throat> again, like I said, very professional outfit here. Uh, so the teams that win will progress, uh, will split up this prize pool, mm -hmm. and then the winners will get the cup. Mm -hmm. Well, who, uh, how much money is the prize pool? Well, they put it together, and the further you go, the more money your team wins, and they split it evenly amongst all the players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We've talked about this before. Who cares? You're getting paid millions of dollars regardless. Right. 
So they decided to do something that I think is the only way you make these games actually matter to A, fans, and B, the players. Mm -hmm. Is that these games count as regular season games. They're not just meaningless. So they count for your win-loss record just like any other time. Agreed. So there's... They are regular season games in a tournament format. Is all this changes. Mm -hmm. And if you win, you get the NBA Cup. Now, there are awards that go with it. Like, there will be an all-NBA Cup team. There will be a... Sure. Uh, so, like, an all-tournament team. There's going to be a, a tournament MVP. Mm -hmm. And that those accolades will also count towards eligibility towards Supermax contracts. And things like that. So right now, if you're part of the All-NBA or second team All-NBA, mm -hmm. you're eligible for a higher contract than you otherwise would be. Gotcha. Well, these accolades would count towards the same thing. Sure. Okay. Now, the while teams are in this round, this round of eight knockout rounds, mm -hmm. the teams that didn't make it will then also play regular season games against each other or something. Mm-hmm. I still don't understand exactly logistically how that'll work. Like, what if you were scheduled to play a team in the, that's in the group of eight? Mm -hmm. I have no idea, unless this is all scripted. Who the heck knows, mm -hmm. right? So, my question to you, Trevor. Does this actually change your mind? I know we both said it was kind of dumb mm -hmm. before. Mm -hmm. Does this change your mind? The fact that the games matter as far as... Regular season games go, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, and that outside of the tournament championship game, right? All the games count towards your end of season record, and also that players who win the uh, tournament MVP mm -hmm. or all uh, tournament team are now eligible for those bigger contracts. So maybe they'll try harder. Does that make you more interested in this type of format? No, zero percent. <laughs> You, you, okay, listen. Let let me post a scenario to yeah. you. Yeah, you're a Utah Jazz fan, right? The season ends uh, in a disappointing first round loss in the playoffs, but you won the mid tournament championship. But my team won the cup. The cup. Oh are, man. Are you? Do you have a parade? And are you celebrating <laughs> downtown? Lighting cop cars on fire and. <laughs> You know, Go taking, full you, Philadelphia. Taking, you, taking your shirt off. Let, am I hanging banners? Yes. Are no. You? Of course it's not. It's dumb. So, it's, <laughs> so, of course, this doesn't matter. Uh. No one cares. If 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 that's that's all we need, it's almost like that's the end of the discussion. Right. Do do I care at the end of the season? That if my team doesn't win the championship but they won the NBA Cup, do I care? No. Then I don't care. Right. People are... What the NBA is trying to do, like, if let's say that your team, you have a soccer team, you're a European soccer guy, and your team didn't win uh, the European Cup, right? But your team did win the World Cup. Mm -hmm. Then you're just as excited, right? Fine. That's a completely different scenario to this. If my team wins the NBA Cup, I'm not buying an NBA Cup winner shirt. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Who cares? Mm -hmm. I, this literally, for me, will just be more regular season games. Mm -hmm. 
Now, I'm glad that the players have more opportunities to get accolades and whatever. But it's going to be the same players, don't you think? But to me, this is like kissing your sister, right? Like, so what? You won the cup. This team actually won the entire championship. Well, I just... The, the player that wins the MVP for the NBA Cup is most likely going to be somebody that is already making first-team NBA. Right. <laughs> you're, you're definitely right. It so probably won't matter at all. Right. Do you, who do you think is going to be captured in these accolades that wasn't getting accolades at the end of the season anyway that now is eligible for a max-term yeah, contract? Yeah. The only person that I've ever that I can remember in NBA in my time watching the NBA who like had a crazy splash for just like thirty games mm-hmm. was Jeremy Lin. Jeremy, Do you remember this? Absolutely. Lin Sanity. Yeah, of course, right? of course. And he was like amazing so, for like thirty games, and then never again. <laughs> right. So if that team went to did well. They they wouldn't yeah. even have to win the cup, right? But they do well in the tournament, and he gets accolades at the at, for for that. And yeah, he makes it to the all yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, tournament team or whatever. That only benefits him if he's in a contract year, right? And so, someone's actually going to pay him. Yes. So three years down the road, when his contract is actually up. They're not going to be referencing that no. three years ago. Like, hey, remember that one time? So I And if he disappears at the end of the season, nobody's going to be offering him a Supermax contract anyway. Exactly. Yeah. It's such a <laughs> it's such a non-factor. It's very weird. I think this entire thing is weird. And Adam Silver came out and said, "Well, Europe the Europeans do this with soccer and it's their biggest sport and people love it." The European soccer leagues do do this. They have an in-season tournament that is not their championship. And they send out their B and C teams. Like, they sure. they treat that like NBA Summer League. Absolutely. They're, they're testing out. They're throwing out players that uh, are trying out for spots on in the rotation, basically. Mm-hmm. They're not throwing out their stars for the in-season tournament. And do those games count towards their Those games run? do count. And they don't care. Okay, well then, there you go. They're willing to lose a few games. To, to try out some because different they, yeah, stuff. Yeah, to try out some different stuff, different sets, different players. Uh, different plays, things like that. Yeah. yeah, and then they get back to real life afterwards. And it's just kind of the silent agreement amongst all the teams. Everybody throws out their B team. Nobody throws out their A team. Huh. So if that's going to be the same thing... Why are we doing this? I don't know. <laughs> I don't understand. Okay, so final question. How long do you think this lasts? Uh, three years, maybe. They got to do it at least more than this year, right? Just to see. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they'll do it more than one year. Two years. Two years, would I would say, would be the, the, the least. But commissioners, the, the, right. the like... They don't like to admit that they're, they're wrong, mm-hmm. you know. Quickly, they they want to keep pushing and selling us on this thing. No, no. no. The problem is yeah. we didn't advertise it enough. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, you will like this. Trust us. <laughs> you just have to have more of it. Open your mouth. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I give it three years. Yeah. And then someone will get hurt in the championship game, or they'll realize that teams aren't taking it seriously. Or everybody's throwing out their B team. Yeah. All of a sudden, the entire Spurs roster is hurt. Sure. Right. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. I I will say, though, 
the thought of the Jazz playing in a championship game that would be more exciting than just a normal regular season game. For five minutes, but right? Like, so if we won, it would be like, oh, man, that was cool. But it wouldn't be freaking out. And if we lost, I wouldn't be like, no, it wouldn't hurt no, like losing sleep, the playoffs. You'd sleep just fine. Right, way. I'd be like, oh, dang. Just like I lost any other regular season. Right. Yeah. Anyway, so that is official. That is coming. Everybody can look forward to it this fall or not look forward to it at all. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to your topic. All right, well, uh, Northwestern's football coach. Northwestern has a football team? They, they do. <laughs> uh, Pat Fitzgerald. Got him. Uh, he was hired from Wyoming, I believe. I believe you're correct, yeah. When uh, he was there with Josh Allen. Yeah, he was doing well, um, and uh, he got hired to, to Northwestern's team. And he first, uh, I think they were doing okay, Uh for a number yeah. of years. Well, Northwestern's a weird team in that, like, it seems like every three or four years, all of a sudden they're in contention for the Big 12 championship. And then they have really down years, mm-hmm. and then they're back for for a weird year right. every once in a while. Right. I like BYU that way. Okay. Yeah. Well, he has just been fired uh, due to hazing allegations, not that he was involved in, but that uh, players on his team were involved in. And originally, he was given a two-week suspension, non-paid suspension. Right. And apparently, that did not uh, appease the masses or some... I don't know who... The powers that be. powers that be. I don't know who was calling for this, but he has been fired. Because he didn't even serve the suspension yet. No, no. Uh, It was was shortly thereafter. It was like a few days later... Uh, after it was announced that he was suspended for two weeks, that he has now been fired. Well, he is not taking this uh, sitting down. He is suing. He believes that he was fired uh, without uh, cause or without proof. Mm -hmm. And uh, I want to get your thoughts on it. So first, I don't know... Too many of the details, right? We've we've watched some interviews and read some some uh, articles. the The allegations seem to be somewhat vague uh, as to what happened, and how many people were involved, who knew about it, and when. A lot of these details seem to be vague. What right. background can you give on it? So I don't know exactly what happened. Most people seem to not know mm-hmm. exactly what happened. But there was serious enough stuff going on as far as hazing is the accusation. So what I heard was that there was at least, there was only one person that complained. Right. One student came forward and said, this happened and I didn't like it. Correct. And apparently this sort of hazing, whatever it was, mm-hmm. has been a tradition at Northwestern for a while. Yeah, uh, again, uh, allegedly. Allegedly. I have no idea. Now, there was a six-month investigation. An independent done. investigation. Independent investigation yeah. that concluded what? That Pat Fitzgerald had no connection to it and didn't know anything about it. That they couldn't prove it. Right, of course. So knowing that, knowing that this six-month independent investigation couldn't tie any of the hazing directly to the coach or knowledge of it to the coach, do you feel like this firing was justified? 
Hmm. It's a good question. Again, I don't know exactly what happened, but there's an old saying that the, a fish stinks from the head. You've heard that before? Mm-mm. Where if something's wrong in the organization, it's the fault lands on the person, uh, the head of that organization, right? Sure. Um, so taking accountability for your team is one thing, and I understand that part. Mm-hmm. But on this, on the other hand, is a coach supposed to control every aspect of the athlete's lives? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure most athletes would find that exhausting. Right. In fact, I I kind of have these like sub questions of how much control does a coach have in these situations? Right. Really, and does the buck always stop with the coach and that's another you know metaphor or whatever i think when it comes to performance in football that answer is yes the buck always stops with the coach even if people aren't listening to the coach to me that's still on the coach Mm -hmm. as far as performance on the field right right um however uh coaches do have control over culture Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. like you'll notice um this happens in professional leagues as well but there are some teams that just seem to have constant legal problems and getting troubles with drugs and other things Mm -hmm. and it always seems to happen around this one team well Mm -hmm. that's a culture problem Mm -hmm. that is also on the coaches right well if that's the case Nick Saban has had players oh, go yeah. to prison for mm-hmm. illegal activity. Does that mean that it's why? Why isn't Saban fired? Right. So anytime that because I he mean, wins, what, hazing <laughs> is hazing really. It was that was it so predominant that the if if it was so predominant that everyone knew right. who else knew and and why aren't they fired? Right. Why are some of the players not being suspended? Why who are the assistant coaches? Did they know if if the head coach knew about it, the assistant head coaches knew about it, right. are they being fired? Well, and Who's the students who are participated, why aren't they kicked off the team? Absolutely. Right? Certainly that's in violation of Northwestern's uh, uh, student, of student policy. Yeah, code code of conduct. What about the president? Mm-hmm. What does he know? When did he when did he know? He's ultimately he's, in charge of everything. It, yeah, isn't the doesn't the buck actually stop Sub with, with the prem, yeah. president? Or or the uh, the president never seems to lose their the, jobs. In this the situation. president or the uh, uh, the sports athletic director. The athletic director, yeah. So I feel like this is very. Um, he definitely situ- feels like a fall guy, right? Absolutely a scapegoat for sure. Um, and it doesn't feel like it is fairly applied. No. So my question again: Do you feel like this firing was justified? No. Because the culture at Northwestern of his team is not indicative of crazy, rampant behavioral problems. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, uh, this was happening. Great. I I think that much has been substantiated. Or not great, right? Right. Sorry. Not great that this was happening. But we know that probably inappropriate hazing happened. Uh, yeah, but it obviously wasn't happening when Pat Fitzgerald was watching, so probably didn't happen 
in his locker room. Otherwise, the independent investigation probably would have been able to show Right, and been like, well, you were in the building when it was happening. Right, right. And they were were unable to do that. It would have at least alleged that he could have known, but Mm -hmm. instead the investigation said, yeah, there's... We can't find any evidence that he would have known. So it's probably something that happened off campus or mm-hmm. at least outside the locker room. Mm-hmm. And do you want these coaches to be following kids home and stuff? I just... So I can understand tr- trying to uh, throw meat to the masses, to the dogs, right? And say, we suspended him, right? Mm-hmm. Now leave me alone. Right. The suspension was clearly a PR move. Oh, for sure. To, 110%. as you said... Appease the masses. Because the reason, what you really do is you say, hey, these, this has come to light. I need you to fix this. Mm-hmm. And that's how you handle it. Mm-hmm. And then let the coach handle it. Mm-hmm. But instead, all this official discipline and press mm-hmm. conferences, that's all PR stuff. Mm-hmm. And when the masses weren't satisfied, they wanted more blood, then they threw them on the sword, right? I I don't think it's justified. I think there's way better ways to handle this, especially from all reports uh, with a coach that not only did the student body like, but the players all liked him. Mm-hmm. And this isn't like there's been so many uh, problems with students getting arrested and legal problems and stuff under his tenure. There haven't been. It just seems like a weird thing that happened off campus or out of the locker room. So I, I don't think that it's appropriate that he got fired. He's definitely being used as a fall guy to appease... Whoever was out for blood. Um, but I, I I, do want to say that coaches, when there are behaviorals in, behavior problems in your locker room, mm-hmm. that coaches should take ownership of that. Mm-hmm. But in order to take ownership, you have to know about it. And I'm not expecting coaches to follow kids home and be watching them 24-7. Right, right. Uh, I just feel like the term that, you know, the buck stops with the coach or, or whatever is, uh, inconsistently applied. Of course. Uh, in the case of like a Nick Saban and things like that. Why isn't Nick Saban fired? Because Because he wins. Yes. And what was Northwestern's, uh, what was the, the, their football team's record last year? Their win-loss record? One in 11? One in eight. One in eight? Well, excuse me, one in 11. You're right. Conference was one in eight. One and eleven, they won one game. Do you think that that would have been different if it was uh, ten and two or eleven the other way around, eleven and one? A hundred million percent, yes. He only would have gotten <laughs> suspended for two for weeks. two weeks. Uh, yeah, and it would have been paid. Yeah, they would have just said he's been suspended. Or and they come out and they're like, we're we're offering. Um, you know, like educational awareness, hazing, anti-hazing And here classes. he is doing his Maoist struggle session. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. Winning cures all, my friend. So Absolutely. if you keep winning, people will put up with more. Absolutely. Yeah. I just, I don't like this. From from the evidence that I've read and the things that I've seen, it, it doesn't seem justified. Right. I don't like it. But... Oh well, we're good. people are going to move on. People are going to forget well, about it. From what I understand, he's suing for wrongful termination, and he sure. should. Yeah, he totally should. And they'll probably pay him and tell, tell him to him go, to go away. away. Yeah. yeah, but they may have just ended his career. Oh, absolutely, his career is over. Once you once the once the mob has tasted that blood 
If he ever tries to come up for another job, they'll just start barking for more. For sure. Nobody wants to touch that. No. If it was just the two-week suspension and he went back to coaching, he'd be fine. He's not a good enough coach to do that. You know right. what I mean? Right. Right. Whereas somebody like... Um, Urban uh, Meyer or right. something like Keeps that. Keeps getting chances because he was a really good coach. Right. Or somebody like uh, Sarkeesian. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's had a lot of issues with alcohol and choices made while under the influence throughout his life. Right. He keeps on getting chance after chance after chance. Why? Because he's a good coach and he's a good, re- he's a great recruiter. Mm-hmm. That's his true skill mm-hmm. is getting kids to come to the school. Yeah. So unfortunately for uh, Coach Pat Fitzgerald, he's he's probably done, right? Yeah. Well, and he wasn't a good enough coach to get another chance. I don't think. Probably not. Yeah. Well, Will, if you're ready, let's go on to screens. Screens. Trevor. Mm-hmm. I've been following movie box office numbers recently because they are simply fascinating to me. It is kind of interesting, yeah. Or it's, you and I are nerds and are well, sure. fascinated by this. but <laughs> Because usually brand strength alone brings with it revenue right there's well it used to be just star power right Mm -hmm. you went to a we've talked about this before of course but a mel gibson movie you went to see because of mel gibson or arnold schwarzenegger was in it right just go in accounting you can actually use something called goodwill Mm -hmm. okay there's a line item it's actually an asset that your company can have and it's based on your brand strength slapping the name disney on something does that increase your revenue? That's what this uh, this brand strength or goodwill number uh, accounts for. Okay. Yeah. At a time, the name Disney did count for right. Something. The new Disney movie. People would say, "What movie are you going to go see?" Oh, I'm going to go see the new Disney movie. They didn't even know what it was called. Right. They just knew the new Disney movie came out, and they're going to go see it. Right. Or hey, let's pick a Disney movie to watch. Sure. Because they were all of. A similar quality, uh-huh. right? Uh-huh. They were all of a uh, family-friendly nature. Mm-hmm. You knew what you were getting, but you also knew that it was of a certain quality, right? It was a brand. Right. The brand had a lot of strength. So I've been watching these Disney movies, because each one that comes out and bombs, I just get more interested in this. Mm-hmm. Okay? And this isn't going to be a crap on Disney thing, I no, promise. no. So, eight of the last nine Disney movies have lost money. Do you know the one that did well? Uh, the only one that did well... It was Guardians of the Guardians Galaxy, of the Galaxy 3. 3. Yep. That's the only one that did well. Um, Little Mermaid lost a ton of money, although they think they may have gotten it back on merchandise. Mm. But the movie did not do well at all. Mm-mm. And then movies that don't push merchandise, like... Um, Elemental, the, right? Elemental. Did that? Was that? That's not oh, going to that, be a uh, merchandise. No, no, no. Nobody's buying Elemental merchandise. No. Um, well, the movie didn't do well. Elemental uh, didn't sell anything. Some of these other Marvel properties didn't sell anything. Like Ant Man does not push merchandise. It just doesn't. People don't yeah. buy an Ant Man costume very often. Sure. Right. Thor. So those movies just lost money period Mm -hmm. and some of them catastrophically so elemental uh lost a ton of money 
they think somewhere in the neighborhood of $200 million. Mm. So they added it all up. And over the last three years, Disney has lost almost 1.8, or sorry, almost $800 million mm-hmm. on their movies. Mm-hmm. Loss. That's the net loss. Again, that's just their movies. Right. Uh, Secret Invasion. Uh, they were hoping to be their big thing on streaming, their big show. The streaming, the streaming numbers are relatively low, mm-hmm. and people aren't really enthralled by it. Right. It's supposed to be this big spy thriller. Yeah. It's not really performing very well. Right. It's not getting great reviews so far. So, I started thinking, well, maybe this is a Disney problem. Right? Mm-hmm. Maybe the quality at Disney has just fallen to the point where all that goodwill is used up. Yeah. They don't have any anymore. Indiana Jones bombed. Indiana Jones bombed that was another, hard. That was another Disney. In fact, uh, the Sound of Freedom movie that just came out had a better weekend than Indiana Jones did. Yes. Which is insane. <laughs> well, the no, it didn't have a better weekend in general. It had a better 4th of July. Right, sorry. You're right. It had a better 4th of July. Taking the weekend total or the weekend, uh, Sound of Freedom got third place. But it was also... In it's like, in way less theaters. It was like a thousand less So they think yeah. like dollar made per theater mm-hmm. it was, was higher it yes. outperformed indiana jones and yes, all that stuff it, it did yeah and it certainly made money right indiana jones it cost them 200 something million dollars to make right so at first i thought this is a disney problem right disney has just lost the faith of their consumer base so people aren't going to go see a movie just because disney's involved um so i thought it was a company problem then movies like the flash Completely bombed. Mm-hmm. Shazam 2. Completely bombed. Oh, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and those Black, are, Black Adam. Black Adam bombed. And so I thought, well, maybe... And those are Warner Brothers properties. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, maybe it's superhero fatigue. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. It's not Disney's problem per se. It's just people don't want to see superhero shows anymore. Well, then Across the Spider-Verse comes out, and that does gangbusters. People love that movie. And, yeah, go ahead. That's a huge, uh, not only a superhero movie, but like a multiverse movie. Right. Which people were thinking, well, maybe the multiverse is too hard for people to understand. Obviously not. Mm -hmm. So it's not a company-specific problem. Well, and it's not a family film problem either. Right. Uh, Mario, Super Mario Brothers did... Made over a billion dollars. Yep. Right? Yep. And it... It was a fine movie, but it didn't do anything spectacular. Mm-hmm. But that movie made a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. So it's not a company-specific problem. It's not a, a superhero-specific problem. Mm-hmm. It's not a family movie-specific problem. Um, then you're like, well, maybe uh, it's the specific actors or whatever that you're picking, or the politics involved and whatever. All of these companies have been piping up about all sorts of politics for a long time and yet movies as big as Top Gun do really really well Mm -hmm. right from a huge corporation Paramount in the same period that these companies are putting out all these bombs movies like John Wick Top Gun Puss in Boots Last Wish right Mm -hmm. all these movies Super Mario they're doing really 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 well why so if it's not superhero fatigue, it's not problems with a specific company like Disney, if it's not uh, necessarily even political ideation, right? Because all these 
actors and polit and executives are all in cahoots on what they think politically. Sure. So what is it? What is it that is causing this problem? Well, I will say, I I don't know if you can completely take out politics. Oh, of this. course. Because some of your examples, John Wick, Top Gun Maverick, and Sound of Freedom all have stars who are not politically uh, vocal. Inclined, yeah. Well, Keanu John Reeves doesn't say anything. Uh, Top Gun Maverick. Uh, Tom, well, Tom Cruise Tom is just Cruise insane is about making movies. Well, he, right? he's quiet about politics. Mm -hmm. Sound of Freedom, there is a political... Certainly. And, and that is a political draw for... Th there is a target audience, right? Right. And and so that can't be captured. That can't be ignored. True. You know? um, I don't know. Certainly, it seems like... And, and Mission Impossible is going to do amazing. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about that in a second. Sure. I think people just want good movies, right? I think that is the answer. I know that's dumb. Too simple, maybe. <laughs> right? But if, you, if you're a believer in Occam's Razor, like I am, where the simplest answer is the correct one if you have all the information, then the answer is people don't want to waste their time on average stuff. There's too much to do. Mm -hmm. There is there are too many options. The competition is too great now to put out something average and expect people to spend money on it. It's just not going to happen anymore. Yeah, because we are inundated with average content, right? And it's so samey. Yeah. That you're like I I've already seen this. I yeah. don't need to see it anymore. And this other show did it way better. Or whatever. I think I think there's a lot to be said with just as you said the the storytelling aspects of these movies, right? Right. The TV shows. They're just not as good. They're not as good. These movies that we've listed, the ones that have actually been successful, are actually good movies. Well, and I feel like they're sh trying to show you something different. Mm -hmm. There's just well, I don't know, maybe sort of. I, I say that, but then I'm also contradicted by the fact that John Wick four. It's well, more of the same, more baby. More of the same. Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> there was like shot-for-shot shot remake stuff of the original. Of the original. I, I think people just want to be entertained, right? Right. And, and so much of the stuff that we have is just not very entertaining. When you make a movie that's not good, people know it. Right? Yeah, of course. A good movie will make money. And there's too, there's too many demands on our time to go waste time on something that's not very good. And I think that's just all it is. And is that Disney, Warner Brothers, any of these companies, Netflix, Apple, whatever, if they put out something that's just not very good, mm -hmm. no one's going to watch it. But if everybody agrees this movie is excellent, this show is excellent, then all of a sudden, everybody watches it. Mm -hmm. It's as dumb as that, I think, is where I've landed. Mm -hmm. Is that if you want to make money, then you actually have to try. You have to make something good. It's not just shoveling stuff into my mouth. That's not going to work. You have to make something good. 
Absolutely. <laughs> I know it's Which dumb. is like a high bar. I know. Like, just, just don't just suck. Just make a just movie don't be that's average. good. <laughs> just don't be average. Well, it's just not just demands on our time, which you're absolutely right. We are way more busy than yeah. ever. But then movie tickets are more expensive than ever. And I'm not going to shell out 15 bucks to go see an average movie that I can go watch it on Netflix. Exactly. That I'm already paying for. It, t- it costs $50, $60 to take your entire family to the movie theater oh, anymore. It's ridiculous. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. You're going to spend money on something that's actually good. If something is average, it's not good enough. Agreed. The stuff you come out with has to be good. Yeah. It has to be $50 good uh-huh. for me to go. Mission Impossible is $50 good. <gasps> Great segue. Let's move on to your topic. Yeah, so we are going to talk about uh, Mission Impossible 7. Uh, Right? Yes. Is it 7? Yes. The one that just came out. I'm trying to think of the moniker. Pause. What is it? Mission Impossible 7? Dead Reckoning. Yeah, Yeah, part one. Part one. Part one. Cut out half of that. No way. We're keeping it all. Um, What did you... First off... We're going to be talking spoilers in a second. We will, we'll, 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 yeah, we will. We'll give a general up, thumbs up, thumbs down overview, but it won't. We won't do any spoiler. We won't be too specific. Um, quickly, just initial thoughts. I thought it was excellent. Did it live up to your expectations? Yes, in in a different way than I thought it would. Okay. Yeah. Do, you, do you feel like there's still life in these movies? In this story in particular, I, I do. I Usually I haven't gone to uh, Mission Impossible movies for the storyline. Well, by movie number seven, right? Like you would think... <laughs> I think Steve mentioned uh, last week, right? Yeah. Like how much more can... I was specifically talking about James Bond. How much more can there be out of that series, right? Mm-hmm. How much life is left in that? What What would your answer be for Mission Impossible? How many more of these movies would you like sit down and watch? Exactly like, two. Give me more <laughs> two. Just this one, and then the next one. You want that to be done though? And then I want it to be done. Because I think well Tom, with with Tom Cruise. Well, Tom Cruise said he could make these for twenty more years. Yeah, he said he wants to keep going until he's as old as uh, Robert De Niro or something. I guess. And I was like, geez, man. I don't... He's in his 80s. But he's, he's so <laughs> awesome. It's not... We haven't passed a year yet where I get to do another segment on Tom Cruise, but uh, he's, he's awesome. Yeah. I, I, he truly loves the movies. He does. But I think, I think it's true with this series and... As true as it is with James Bond, as long as you're keeping the stories current, fresh, you can just keep going forever. Right. right? Well, British spy taking on something to end the world. I mean, that's the crux, the crux of every single James, James Bond, Bond movie, yeah. and it works every time. Mm-hmm. That's fine with me. Sure. Well, uh, do what else do we want to say before going into spoilers? Uh. Just I don't know. It was excellent. I don't want to say the parts that I really liked because I I want everybody to experience it of without course. knowing. Of course. Um, but I will say that there are, gosh, some of those action set pieces I haven't seen anything like that before. 
That was yeah. so cool. It was really good. Yeah. Definitely worth the price of admission. Oh, yeah. This right? is one you got to see in the movie theater, I think. Uh, absolutely. Just like his last one. Sure. Dude, he's killing it. It's Maybe. great. Okay. Uh, let's go on into spoilers. Spoilers, spoilers. Boo, boo, boo. So, uh, all right. Let's uh, break down and give us a 30,000-foot view of what the story is. Okay. So, it, cent it centers around an AI... If I'm understanding it right. Mm -hmm, right. Uh, it was a little vague at first, but I think I got it towards the end. An AI that the United States developed mm -hmm. to infiltrate systems, uh, get what they needed, or commit acts of espionage or subterfuge or mm -hmm. whatever, mm -hmm. and then leave without ever leaving a trace. Mm -hmm. Right? Uh, a covert A covert software. Yes. Yeah. And... This uh, AI then becomes sentient. Sentient, of course, as as it does, as every AI does. Sure, it becomes evil and right. is trying to seek world domination. Sky, Skynet. Yeah, and self-preservation. Right. Those seem to be the two motivating, uh, motivating factors. factors. And uh, it it goes. It's known as the entity throughout right. the throughout the movie. And it's of course uh, Tom Cruise and, or Ethan Hunt and teams job to stop said entity right. right it seems like all the governments in the world are racing to take control of it right because whoever controls it can control all information what is true what is not yada 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 and there's 1984 a, there's some mystery on how they can control it right they're they're all after this key that is has two pieces to it right and there is mystery surrounding what this key actually opens and does. Now, you as the audience kind of understands a little bit right. of, of what it does, but... Didn't you get the hankering at the end, though, that maybe I don't know exactly what that does? Sure. Yeah. I, there's still mystery there, for yeah. sure. But Ethan Hunt and his group, knowing that all the world's governments are going to use this to control the world or whatever, mm -hmm. their goal is to destroy it. Absolutely. Rather than control it. And so the entity is trying to stop him in particular, Ethan Hunt, because he's the only one that wants to destroy the entity mm -hmm. rather than control it or preserve it in some way. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's a very current idea. AI is huge right now. Um, a lot of people are predicting, and I've heard some very reasonable people guess that this is the next industrial revolution, right? This will be as big as the steam engine kind of deal. Is AI replacing a lot of systems. Oh yeah, this is this is our future. Right. right? And so Chat GPT isn't going away. No, 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 no. And in fact the a lot of the AI and stuff that they're working on because right now, most AI that we like to use, that's fun to use, it's responsive. I give it a prompt, mm -hmm. it gives me back what I want. The AI that they're working on right now does not require prompts. Yeah. It's, it's, auto, I, can, it's I know auto, what you want. It's auto chat. And I'm going G to tell you G what you want G in the yeah. moment that you want it. Right, exactly. Right? It's not reactive. Yeah. It's actually proactive AI, which is correct. Some people are like, oh, that'll be so nice, like in the, uh, in banking, for instance, right? 
Right. That you can tell if people are starting to act in a way that will lead them to financial ruin. Mm-hmm. The AI will reach out and say, hey, this is a bad idea, and mm-hmm. yada, yada, yada. Or you're in surgery, mm-hmm. and the AI will actually help prevent mistakes. Mm-hmm. Or it will automatically uh, mess with the levels of the medicine and everything to keep that person alive right. proactively. It does yeah. not require inputs. All that sounds great, uh-huh. but it's also terrifying yeah, absolutely. that this AI is going to start to know me right. that way. And so this, so this kind of feeds on that fear. Absolutely. Right? It, of course it does. And AI, I think, you yeah. know, and all of these movies have played on that same fear, sure. right? That, that, uh, that we would lose control, right? Um, do you – one of the things that I love about – the, what I loved about this movie in particular was there was so much, it wasn't just an action movie, right? Like the mm-hmm. action scenes were amazing, of course, as they always are, but you know, like fast and the furious, it, those, that movie series is losing some steam right now. Right. The, the, the box office results for the last one were not great. That is, that is two and a half hours of straight action the entire time. Well, yeah. But the, but the action is like over ridiculous. the yes. <laughs> but the action is over the top. Uh-huh. You're rolling your eyes half the time. You're not rolling your eyes ever during this movie no. for the action. The but it's not just an action movie. There is psychological. It's a psychological thriller, right? right. There is uh, there is psychological warfare going on. Right. It, there's a scene where. Was it the intelligence director? I can't remember what the guy was. Mm. But he's like bartering with artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. Right? He's like, I'll give you this uh, if you preserve, uh, if you keep me alive and give me a position in power in this new regime of yours and whatever. Right? All of a sudden there's, there's this acceptance amongst the higher ups that, okay – this thing, there's no stopping it. So I need to betray my country mm-hmm. and get on board with this new world order mm-hmm. ruled by this computer. Mm-hmm. So it's really weird, mm-hmm. this bartering humanity begging this artificial intelligence to stay alive. I mm-hmm. thought that was really interesting. Mm-hmm. And the whole time I was trying to decide, is this rather handsome gentleman, is he like an ent? Like, is he part of the entity? Is he separate? Is he being controlled? Like, how did he get hooked up with this thing in the first place? Is he just like a physical manifestation? But that doesn't make sense if he was alive 40 years earlier. No. Like, there's a lot of mystery behind that for me that I thought was really interesting as well. But they answered that, right? Don't you feel like that was, don't you feel like that was answered? I don't know. So I think he's a real guy. Well, he is a real guy. I don't. He's not he, like some cyborg a, or something. No, obviously not. But what was up with the mask that he was wearing with the entity going on in it? You know, when they got him out of the, in the train, she opened up that music case looking thing, and he was asleep in there or whatever. Yeah, I think that was just oxygen. Well, it had the AI like screen in it. So what was he doing with it? Keeping them alive. I don't know. I don't know I, either. I, I, I don't know. I think I there's some you vagueness be, there. Maybe, maybe. But I feel like they pointed. What I liked is they. There was a reason that the AI picked this person to do this, right? Right. Is that 
there was an intent behind provoking Ethan Hunt yeah, to an action. Yeah, because either Ethan Hunt dies, in which case the AI wins, or uh, Ethan Hunt kills this guy, in which case the AI wins. Right. Right? Just going off of probabilities. And so he picked somebody, a servant, that would most likely incur the wrath of Ethan Hunt. Yes. Right? Which was appreciated. Like, that, this, the layers of... Mm-hmm. Uh, plot and intelligence was appreciated, right? And also, all the other Mission Impossible movies, they're trying to punch their way out, right? There's some guy that they need to stop. There's mm-hmm. some there's some person with a button or whatever that they're trying, that they've got to beat up at the end and then push the button or stop the thing or whatever. This is an enemy you can't punch, you know right, what I mean? Right. So how are you f- supposed to fight against it? Well... And the fact that it, like, took over their comms, and they're not sure if the text messages they're getting, are, are they real? Yeah. Are they from the AI? Right. Like, right. There's so much more layers That's what I mean of with distrust. The, right. That's yeah. what I mean by this is a psychological thriller as yeah. well. Um, one of the... One of the advantages that Ethan Hunt's team, the Mission Impossible team, has is that they have the advantage of subterfuge and with the masks, right? They get to right. put on a fake mask, and so you're never quite sure if who you're seeing is really who they are, right? There's a there's a scene in there, uh, I, I don't know, I, I with Ethan Hunt where he's wearing a mask and you're you don't know that it's him until he pulls off his mask, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Now. When, but with the AI, it almost like it's an equalizer in that right. it now the IMF, they are usually the ones that have that advantage of, of being something that they are not, right? And tricking the, the villains, right? They don't have that. There is a counterbalance. To yeah. That. Yeah. They have the masks, but the AI, the villains, they also have the advantage of, of, being somebody that they you know that they aren't yeah and, and portraying themselves as something else to me that's the entire point of the airport scene is that thing that you just said so for like the first half of the airport scene it's uh these tech wizards like uh disguising ethan hunt and yes. sending people the wrong way right and they're in control of the mm-hmm. situation absolutely and it's your typical mission impossible stuff like yeah, this absolutely. team is perfect yep. super wizards on the computers and with masks and whatever and uh they do their thing and this is fun because we're seeing right. them game the system mm-hmm. and everything and then halfway through it flips yep it's backfired and all of a sudden, the AI is doing all of that to them. To them. And it becomes kind of scary. Yeah. And they don't have any control. Right. They have to shut their computers down. And in fact, at one point, the, the AI messes with them with the bomb. Mm-hmm. It just wastes their time. Mm-hmm. Right? I don't know. It was really, really well done. I, I like this AI villain. I think it's really interesting. And the parts where they're trying to go completely analog... It, re- it makes you realize how much we actually depend on uh, the digital age. Oh, absolutely. The, everybody's like on typewriters trying to type up all these books and uh-huh. everything, trying to record all of their knowledge. Uh-huh. Oh, my gosh. It was weird. It was interesting. You can make a movie just out of that. those people right. doing just that. It was really cool. 
I thought there was a really excellent uh, example of show don't tell in this movie. Mm. Usually, like in heist movies and things, there's always the planning phase, right? Mm. Where they get the they get the whiteboard up yeah. and they have the blueprints. They do up. lots of exposition. Yeah, and they're like, and this is when the guard comes over here, yes. and he's in love with this gal, right? And, and they're going to do the EMP, and they're going to explain what EMP stands like, for. So where do I need know. to be parked? Yes. You're going to park yeah. over here. Yeah, yeah. This movie, they uh, they say. Are you going to help or not? And then all of a sudden it flashes to the train and you see stuff happening. And it seems to be happening super fast. Mm-hmm. And then Ethan escapes with a parachute. And then it cuts and she goes, wait, you're leaving on a parachute? And you realize that was them planning. Yeah. But it showed you the plan uh-huh. rather than just telling Going it to you. So that way when they sh- the actual thing happened and things started to go wrong, you're you as the audience yeah, member like, say, hey, this isn't that's not supposed to go to, <laughs> yeah. that's not supposed to happen. Yeah. I thought that was awesome. Very was good, good. Very good point. Yeah. Absolutely. That's great. All right. Well, uh, give it a, a, a donut reveal. Okay. I won't spoil, even in the spoiler section, I won't spoil the train part. For that train part alone, I'm giving it 11 out of 12 uh, amazing Tom Cruise face donuts. Oh, I love it. And if the next movie finishes the story well... It'll be a 12 out of 12. I have to agree with you. Yeah. A, it, to me, it's an 11 out of 12. That train sequence is so cool. I thought it was going to be way different than it turned out to be. Donuts Star Donuts. Have you ever had Donuts Star Donuts? No. Are they really good? They're excellent. Okay. You should try them. I will. 11 out of 12. It was super good. You should see it in the movie theater. Excellent. Very good. Yeah. I like that they... That, not only does Tom Cruise do his own stunts, right? But they want you to know that he does his own stunts. And they do a very good job at showing you, hey, oh, yeah. this is actually Tom Cruise doing this thing. Because they won't cut. It'll no. just be one, like the motorcycle thing. That's mm-hmm. one shot. Mm-hmm. And they just follow him down. Mm-hmm. And you're like, whoa, man. And like when he's doing some of the stuff with the speed wing, I think they call yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, that's legit. Tom Cruise, of course, <laughs> being a all crazy, by himself, being a crazy man, doing his thing, like just doing flips out of nowhere yeah. for no reason. <laughs> and they want you to know that it's him. Yeah, and which is which is what they should do because that's part of what you're going to see, right? And it's Tom awesome. Cruise doing his own stuff. Anyway, but yeah, I, I loved movie. it. I thought it was great. Yeah. Uh, well, if you're ready, let's go on to something else. Something else, huh? Well, Trevor. It, uh, keeping up with my recent record of picking topics you hate. Your, your, your <laughs> string of something else topics uh, leaves a little to be desired. Stuff that I like that you hate. You ready? Here we go. This is the latest one. You, uh, you love this. I do. You I think exci- this is super you fun. I was really excited. Um, so the uh, Loveland Living Planet Aquarium mm-hmm. there in Draper. Yeah. It just got a Komodo dragon. Isn't that exciting? If I could pipe in (laughs) cricket chirps on that, I would have. So I don't know why the aquarium has so many animals that aren't water creatures. I thought that was the point of aquariums. Yeah, they have different sections, right? Yeah. They have a rainforest. But at what point do you slowly become a zoo? Like, you've got more than just fish. Sure. Stuff, sure, octopi and whatnot. No, so they got a, a, a Komodo dragon. Mm-hmm. It almost make lets me get over the fact that the Hoggle Zoo doesn't Hog- have Hoggle. H- Hoggle, sorry, Hoggle Zoo. 
<laughs> doesn't have elephants anymore. Hoggles. The Hoggle Zoo. There's a character from Labyrinth. Hoggle. Is there in Labyrinth? Yeah. Is the, that the, 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 the dwarf, dwarf character? Guy. Yeah. Hoggle. Yeah. <laughs> yep, the Hoggle Zoo. They got rid of their elephants, but the aquarium gained a Komodo dragon. And right now, they are running a competition to name said Komodo dragon. I'm more interested in that the Hogel Zoo got rid of their elephants. I didn't know that. Yeah, they got rid of their elephants. How long ago was that? It's recently. I don't think they're actually gone yet. But yeah, they're getting rid of them and they're not coming back for a long time. Mm-hmm. They have to make the enclosure bigger, apparently. Gotcha. Or something. Interesting. There is some reason to it. Okay. But we're getting a Komodo dragon at the aquarium, dang it. Yay. Okay, so here are the names that they have suggested so far. I want to read through these stupid names, and then... Apparently there's been more than 300 name suggestions. We are going to pick an official Sports Screens and Something Else name suggestion. Okay. Okay. We don't have to spend a ton of time on this, but I think it'd be fun. (laughs) It'd be so fun to... Pick a name for this Komodo dragon. Okay. okay, so right now, these are the top three contenders. Number one, Sunda. Uh, that's right. the... Yeah. Sunda. Sunda or Sunda or however you say it. Sure. That's the series of islands that this Komodo dragon comes from are the Sunda Islands or the Sunda Islands. So that would that is one uh, popular name suggestion. Gotcha. Another is Raja, which is King in the Indonesian language, and Naga, which means dragon in Indonesian. Sure. Dumb. All of them dumb. They I don't are, care. They're kind of dumb. So we... But definitely one of those is going to get picked. Well, for sure, because they don't want to... So do you remember uh-huh. when the British Navy, uh, they decided to democratize the naming of their ships? You remember this? Mm-hmm. This happened several years ago, but they let the public pick the name of the newest ship. And thus was born Bodie McBoatface. <laughs> I kid you not, that happened. And so they renamed it officially to not that. Because they're like, no, we're not naming one of our naval ships <laughs> they Bodie didn't, McBoatface. They didn't go no, they didn't. <laughs> they're like, no, we're not going to do it. But it was still the most voted option was Bodie McBoatface. <laughs> That would have been epic. Like, no, and the queen put her foot down, dang it. No, we're not doing that. Oh, uh, that would have been an awesome vote, <laughs> So there are, there are <laughs> problems that arise when you democratize naming like this. So we are going to further emphasize that problem and come up with a cool name for the dragon. Okay. So what do you think? If you had to pick a name for a Komodo dragon... I've given you roughly an hour to think about this. What did you come up with? Mm, I don't care. Uh, <laughs> so my son has a um, what? What's the lizard? The a bearded dragon. Oh he has yeah, a bearded uh-huh. dragon. And he named him Draco. Oh, like Malfoy. Yeah, yeah, or yeah, Draco Malfoy, right? Isn't is one of the dragons from Harry Potter? Uh, is it like a Draco? No, is it I don't just, know. Anyway, there you go, Draco. Possibly, I'll just say Draco. Draco, that's cool. Okay, here's some of my suggestions. You ready? Draco would be a cool like lizard name, right? Yeah, for sure. Draco, and it's 
It means dragon, I think. Yeah, okay. I think it, there yeah. you go. That's what it is. Okay, option number one. Okay. Sean Connery. Terrible. Because he's the voice of that dumb dragon in that um, one movie. <laughs> no, so then you would Dragonheart. Yeah. So a better name would just be Dragonheart. No, Sean Connery. Yeah. That'd be so cool. Like, this is our Komodo dragon, Sean Connery. <laughs> so that... So that's one. Number two, Godzilla. Cool name. I feel like it's been done before. <laughs> oh, you think? Mm. Uh, I think that would be... You'd sell all sorts of toys. And possibly have a movie tie-in. If you named it Godzilla. Okay. Number three, uh, Shuryu. That's the name of the dragon in Dragon Ball Z. That one's okay. That one's okay. That's your best of the three. I was going to say... I think Sean Connery's the best one. But your, of those three... Your name suggestions are about as bad as your topic picking lately. <laughs> uh, you, don't like, uh, you don't like Sean Connery, huh? Sean Connery? Speaking of lizards, my dog grabbed one. Sean Connery. Um, no, I, I don't. You think his name is like trademarked? Could you name it Sean Connery? I don't know. Is that know. like defamation? No, I'm trying to think of what other dragon. There's how to train a, your dragon. Oh, yeah. What's that one's name? Toothless? Toothless. Yeah. You call him Toothless? That'd be fun. Let's land on that one. Even though Komodo dragons actually have poisonous teeth or whatever. Do they? Yeah. Oh. Their bites are really poisonous. Mm. Interesting. I think it's their saliva, actually. Mm. Yeah, that's how they kill stuff, is they run up and they bite it, and then they just follow it. Until it falls over dead. Interesting. Isn't that interesting? And then they eat it like whole. Mm -hmm. That I do. Yeah. Uh, yeah, toothless. Toothless. I think that's cool. There you go. Let's do it. Okay. We our official suggestion. Listen up. Well, I want to. I, I want to know what the listeners think. If listeners can email the show and uh, let us know or text you or I. Or text us. Here, let's put your number out. No, nope, let's not. <laughs> Eight, funnily enough, eight six seven five three zero nine. Go ahead and text that number. Uh, I'd be interested to see what you hear back. But uh, yeah, we're going with toothless. I like toothless a lot. Okay, let's there, do it. There you go. All right, let's move on to your topic. Bring us home, Trevor. All right. So Adam emailed the show a few weeks ago, and he had he was going through some of our older episodes and listened to, um, it was episode 14. We talked about COVID and the cultural impacts of COVID. And yeah, we were still and the in the throes of COVID back then. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh, it had, I think it had started to kind of fade away and then it was coming back when we did the episode. Yeah. We so, had the, uh, some flare ups, the new variant, whatever it was called. Right. Um, variant Omicron 2.0. Yeah, I can't I, remember. I uh, it's been so long and so many that who, 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 who cares? Who can, yeah. But he asked a question. He said, I think it would be really interesting if you guys went back and we, we made some predictions what we thought would be some long term uh, effects of mm -hmm. COVID, what would go away, what will stay, what will go. 
And uh, he suggested that it would be interesting if we went back, we listened to that segment, and then we kind of give an update on what we got right, what we got wrong, mm -hmm. and maybe if there would be any other changes uh, to happen, or maybe if a, another pandemic hit, uh, what would be different this time around, if, if anything. So uh, let's start with you. What, what did you say would go or stay? Yeah, so we went back and listened, and I tried to keep good notes. Um, the things that I picked that I think will go were uh, social distancing. I thought we were going to go back to normal, where everybody... Uh, There's no more six feet apart. Right, you're not standing on dots in the grocery store distancing you apart, that you're going to be right behind somebody the whole time. And I think that has happened. Absolutely. Like, right. I don't see any mm -hmm. social distancing posters anywhere anymore. Mm. If they're, if they, if you do see them, it was because they were left up. Yeah, because people they... People hadn't got around to taking them down. The man, their managers are like, why did we make this a permanent sign, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So I think that was right, that that was going to go away. I also thought movie theaters would fill back up in mm -hmm. public spaces. That's not necessarily been the case. People well, are more choosy about what they go out to do, but I don't think that's because of COVID. I think that yeah, I think you're right. I think that's so, more economic, right? Uh, movie theaters aren't always packed, but I don't. But you go to a grocery store, you go to Target, it's, it's packed. madness. Yeah, yeah. You, I don't think it's, I don't think it's people avoiding public space. Concerts, concerts are full. Right. Jazz games, football games. They're all full. They're all full. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's people making decisions of, oh, I don't want to get sick, so I don't want to go where a lot of people are. Yeah, Does I think you're sense? right. I think it's. So I think you're more choosy about where they're spending their money because there's less of it. Right. Yeah. So I think you were right in that movie theaters, for example, will fill back up. Yeah. Now there are movies that have been huge draws, and the movie theaters yeah. have been packed. Yeah. Uh, I said that the temperature temperature taking everywhere you go, that that will go away. And it certainly has. I mean, there are some places that actually have kept it. Like my daughter's daycare. Mm -hmm. There's a little temperature reading machine when you go in. But that's not because of COVID. Mm -hmm. That's because if they suspect your kid is sick, they'll take the temperature right there before you leave. And then if the temperature's too high, they're like, she can't stay. You got to take her home. Right. Um. But there's nobody standing in front of the Jazz Arena, the Delta Center, now, and checking my temperature before I go watch a jazz game. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Which is something that really happened to me. Yes, of course. We went to see it, go to a jazz game during the pandemic, and I had to show them my COVID passport. Mm. I had to get my temperature taken. Seriously. Uh, wow. I had to tell them the secret words and yeah, the whole I, I went to words. I went to a playoff game, and we had to have our masks when we went through the door, but then after that, you could take it off and people were... Well, because well, you couldn't get people sick anymore once you're inside. Well, you it wasn't that they told people you could take it off. It's just that <laughs> nobody was people enforcing did. it after the fact. Right. Um, so most of that has completely disappeared. Even in hospitals, when you go in, there's nobody there to like take your temperature and see if you have COVID symptoms when you walk through the door. Mm -hmm. So... We were right on with that one. That I, that kind of went away. As far as stuff that will stay, I said that people will start wearing masks when they're feeling sick or if they're scared of getting sick or whatever permanently. And, and that has happened. There are people for in my work. People. 
for some people. Most people have gone back to normal, but there are yes. people who have started wearing masks if they're nervous about getting sick or if they think they're feeling a little sick, they'll wear a mask or can whatever. I, can I ask a question? Yeah. What are your thoughts on, on those people? <laughs> I'm not going to say, Trevor. <clears throat> it, does it kind of throw you off? Don't you kind of just pause a little bit when you do see somebody with a mask? You're like, what is, what is, what is the reasoning behind this? Is I it always... fear-based or is it health reasons? I choose to believe, <laughs> and it's an active choice because there are thoughts that naturally come up that I have to push way down. I choose to believe that that person's not feeling well and doesn't want to spread it, but they don't have any PTO. What if that is what I choose to believe? Gotcha. What do you believe when you see them driving alone in a car and they're wearing their? Mask? You are testing my limits <laughs> here. <laughs> anyway. Uh, masking has, I will agree that masking has stayed in that for some people mm -hmm. that you do see people still wearing masks. Obviously it is not the predominant. It's a lot less than I thought it would be. Certainly there are people that are still sick that go out in the public without masks. Sure. Right. So for the most part, everybody's gone back to normal, but every once in a while I still see a mask and all sorts of feelings start arising. But, uh. There are more masks than there were before, mm -hmm. but but it's a lot less than I thought it would be. I thought it was like a quarter of the population would never take them off mm -hmm. because of how zealous people were about it. Sure. Um, the next thing that we thought would stay were the third-party delivery services, so like mm -hmm. DoorDash, right. Grubhub, those types of things, and that, those are definitely here to stay. Absolutely. In fact, they've only gotten bigger. They've gotten huge. Yeah. Yeah. Well, most of them are billion-dollar industries now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of money. In fact, there are professional uh, DoorDash people. That's all they do. Yeah. They run around and pick up people's foods at different restaurants. Mm -hmm. And in fact, a lot of your fast food places now, and even some of your sit-down places like Olive Garden, when they uh, renovate their buildings they're adding a space just for doordash doordash doors. people to come pick up stuff mm -hmm. which is wild right but it's gotten so big that they want it uh, necessitates a place away from the customers so mm -hmm. that people can come in get out without interrupting the flow of their normal customers absolutely yeah so it's it's got it's huge absolutely. for sure for sure um, I said that I think hybrid work environments are here to stay, and that's uh, true and false. So it's definitely true in my case. Mm -hmm. So before COVID, almost nobody worked remotely at my company, but right. now a lot of people do. Yes, I think this is true for the quote-unquote desk job or right. white-collar jobs. I think... I think most of them have gone to a hybrid work schedule. But a lot of companies saw, like during COVID, uh, everybody went remote and productivity didn't Dead. fall at all. No. But then over the next year and a half, people started getting, figuring out what's the limit on what they could do and not do. What could their boss mm. actually see on their computer? Mm -hmm. what, could their, what could they get away with? And productivity did start to nosedive. Do you really? Do you think so? Really? Well, that's what the that's what the numbers show, we, especially we in Silicon. No, a lot of companies have not, but in Silicon Valley specifically, 
they started bringing tons of workers back. Mm. So like Google, Twitter, Metaverse, or whatever it's called, these bigger, bigger tech companies started removing working from home as a possibility because people just weren't being productive anymore. So, and even my work where um, I used to have more work at home days, now I only have one. So there are, especially in tech land, uh, this working from home thing isn't as good as it was at the beginning of the pandemic. Mm. So a lot of companies are cutting back on the hybrid thing. Well, they're from the purely remote thing. Um, turns out people work better when they see each other every once in a while. Um, if you're in a team environment. Mm -hmm. And so getting people back into the office every once in a while um, has helped some of these companies that were struggling productivity-wise. So, yes, I think more companies are have moved to the hybrid thing. People are working from home, and it's here to stay. But I think most companies want their people coming in every once in a while. But yeah. Uh, and then what else? So the last thing, and you brought this up, um, the drive-through only features of a lot of restaurants. So mm -hmm. like a lot of fast food places, they went drive-through only. You can't come in anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, I still see that around. Oh yeah, there's a McDonald's uh, nearby where I live that has remained drive-through only. They had a pl they have a play place. None of it has opened up. Mm -hmm. They're still closed down. It's drive-through only. Uh, there's a Chick-fil-A close by that the store has opened up, but they've kept their play place closed. Oh, really? Which is odd, I think. Um, all them kid germs, man. Well, but it's interesting that they won't open it up. But mm -hmm. there are other uh, Chick-fil-A's that have opened it up. So it seems to be a uh, store by store, you know, yeah. decision but it's just interesting that this the reason they put those in is it's a draw right for mm -hmm. families and, and stuff like that but they've decided that hey it's not worth it we are our business is doing just fine without it so we'll continue to to, to keep it closed um what i, I want to without as best we can without getting political mm. what is one thing that like if another pandemic were to happen, what would for sure like be different this time around? Um, or what is something that came and went with the first COVID that you think was like kind of irked you? <sighs> Without getting for, political. I'll just say mine. Okay, go ahead. So for I've me, I've got to think. <laughs> for me, it was, it was the uh, parks. Do you remember when they closed, like, playgrounds and yeah. stuff? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Beaches. Was, beaches. Yeah. They filled in. There was a skate park in California oh, yeah, that's right. they, that filled, they filled in, in with sand because they didn't want people coming in and playing. I'm sure that will have no long-term problems. I just think, <laughs> I hope that if there is another pandemic again, I hope that there is less reactionary uh, actions, right? Uh, it seemed like we got limited information 
oh, you know, there was information originally that right. perhaps this virus could live outside on hard surfaces for forever. It was it would never yeah. die. Did you so ever that was, watch your mail? Oh uh, no, we think, did that. Oh, right. There every were, package we'd wipe it down with uh, a Lysol wipe. No, thank goodness <laughs> I never did that. But those were things that we heard, and with limited information, it was like, oh well, then we got to act on that. Mm-hmm. So let's shut down the parks. Let's fill it up, fill them up with sand. And then it was like a short few weeks later when, no, actually, that's not right. That's not correct. And parks began to open up. In fact, that was probably the best place your kids could be, you know. And I think that, I think that is something that I hope. And now that would that, that's putting a lot of trust in people. But yeah. I hope that people are less reactionary. The, the drive-through only stores... That makes sense, right? They, those those oh, restaurants yeah. still are going drive through because it's more profitable for them to do it. That well, way. it doesn't take as many people to run the store, right? You don't have to worry about cleaning uh, spills from people, surfacing. and right. uh, you can filling up people's drinks. There are certain safety you know. concerns with people with a seating area that you don't have to worry uh, about anymore. Right, There's right. just a lot of practicality. to Absolutely, it. and if your business is not being hurt by it, right. people are still coming. Well, then why open up? Correct. Well, the number one cost to any business is people. Right. And so if you can do the same job with, with less, less people, yes. then you're going to do it. Absolutely. Yeah. So the decisions like that seem to be much more practical, much more logical. I may not like them, mm-hmm. but it seems there's reason behind it. There, yeah. there were a lot of decisions, specifically that one. That one, that one sticks with me uh, that I think that uh, – Kind of look bad going looking looking yeah. back. I would hope, and I'll end I'll end here. That we take more care in choosing what our kids, what is good for our kids in the short term. Versus what is good for our kids in the long term. I hope that more thought is taken into that balance. Because I do think, and hopefully this doesn't come across as a political issue. We are going to see long term ramifications of kids being stuck at home. Not being with their peers in school for a very extended amount of time. I think that it put them back socially, mm-hmm. emotionally. Oh, this is a this is a great one. Yeah. Mentally, mm-hmm. and I, I wish that the decision makers that be would have weighed the long term problems mm-hmm. that might come from a short term solution a little closer once they had more information. Right. And, I, and we both understand that sometimes you have to act fast, right? Well, sometimes, at the beginning of the pandemic, nobody knew what the heck this thing was. Right. So so I understand sometimes you just got to act, right? Right. 
Because if this Sometimes. was going to kill everybody, yes. then like then we've got to yeah. shut down until we figure out what this thing right, is. Right, right, right. It's when information started coming out more and mm-hmm. we knew more, mm-hmm. I feel like there was more reaction to fear mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in decision-making, especially Absolutely. with our kids in mind, Absolutely. rather than thinking, okay, but what will that do long-term to these kids? No. No. I... 100% that's agree. that's something that I hope we consider better. Agreed. Well, it was interesting to hear and go back and listen. Um, we'd love to hear what your thoughts are on what what has changed since COVID, mm-hmm. and maybe I'd like to hear what the listener thinks should have stayed. What do you wish would have stayed? Mm. Do you wish masking would have stayed? Do you wish that six feet? distancing would have stayed i hated that myself no ward parties yeah. <laughs> uh sure uh i think the hybrid work environment is kind of the one thing that we at my work we have we have managed to be able to stay remote 100 percent of the time i think even the idea of doing hybrid in in many cases is unfortunate it, hey if everything was working when everything was 100% remote, right. why not go with that? Right. It's like these businesses. Hey, the drive-through only is working. We are making more money because of it. Let's just keep doing that. There's just because everyone else is opening their doors and what doesn't mean we have to too. Yeah. I like that. I'm, you know, I don't prefer it to for for me as a as a consumer, but as as a business, I respect that. For sure. These businesses are saving oodles of money by not having people come in back into the business, right? Think of how much like oh, yeah. supplies and things well, like that. Well, you don't need to saving. buy office space, right? Office space, supplies, but it seems like they want to bring people back in for a sense of control or just because, like, just tradition. Well, that's what we've always done, so we should do that. Yeah, I know. So one of the guys. Um, I served on the high council with back in my last stake. Uh, he's a he was a big head honcho at an architecture firm, and he's one of the ones that saw that his company at first things were doing just as well as everybody was in the office, but then towards the end of the pandemic, productivity was like cut in half. People just weren't being as productive, so they didn't go fully back in the office. There's like half and half or whatever. But um, I think, me personally, I like going into the office. If it was just two days a week, three days a week, I think that's fine. Real quick, I want to end with a positive note. Something that I'm grateful coming out of the pandemic for. Uh, I thought I would love Zoom Church and that it would allow me to have a similar church-going experience, but be in my underwear, you know what I mean? (laughs) Not actually have to dress up. Nice. I have, uh, since the pandemic, I have truly loved going to church. It's a different feeling. It's a different level of uh, dedication, different level of sacrifice. And I feel like it's just... uh, it has pointed out to me why I go, right? And why isn't it just on Zoom? There's a, there's, there's a reason why I go 
to the building and worship with the other people. So I'm grateful for that, that contrast, the feeling with and the feeling without. Okay. There you go. I'll let you in on that. Okay. Well, Trevor, this was excellent. Uh, we named a Komodo dragon. Uh, yeah, I guess. I hope. <laughs> what an episode. I'll tell you what. Well, everybody, I'm going to be gone next week. Uh, yeah, Adam is coming to fill in, my brother. Okay. Uh, he's been on the podcast before and looking forward to it. Okay. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing from that. I'll report on my trip next time we meet. Can't wait. Okay. Talk to you later, Trevor. Uh-huh. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of Sports, Screens, and Something Else. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider subscribing and sharing it with your friends. Be sure to rate and review the show wherever you listen. If you want to contact the show, you can send an email to sssheshow at gmail.com. And join us next time on Sports, Screens, and Something Else.